Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Hello. How's it going? It is going so <laughs> well. How are you? Good. I'm great. I'm super excited to meet you. Uh, I've been listening to your audio book the last couple Yay! days, so it feels like we've been talking already. Oh my God, are you sick of my voice yet? <laughs> Never. <laughs> okay, good. cool. Well, I've listened to the audio book for about 45 hours. I'm sick of my voice right. now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but uh, I bet going through an audio book is, is tough or like exhausting almost. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. You know what? Hell of an experience. Highly recommend. Um, am I excited to do it again? Not anytime soon. You're right. You're like the best thing. Did I'd you get never the physical twice. book yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Made a few notes. Yay! All <laughs> right, that makes me happy. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. I, I actually finished the book, so it was it was a great book. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love reading. I love reading. Right. I, oh, same. I, I see by your, your pile of books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty I, a voracious reader myself. Like, yeah, I don't, even, I don't, it's either I'm playing with my phone a little bit or like I'm learning a language or oh, nice. reading a book or something. Last night I was, what was I reading? The Big Leap. That's a good book. Ooh, I've no, I haven't heard of that one, but that's I'll a good one. Hey, you want to talk about books sometime? I got you. That's right. That's great. Well, thanks for joining me, Laura. Um, and I really appreciate the opportunity to have you come talk about the book. And, and I, like I said, I had a great time listening to it, reading it. I do, I do this weird thing where I get both. So I get the audio book and the physical book. I do that too. You know, I can reference, I can listen to it on audio, but I can go back and reference. Like, well, oh that's the thing. I like my physical book for taking notes yeah. and putting little colored flags and all the little sections that I love and right. then I can refer back to it. But I love listening to it because especially like if it's read by the author like mine is, yeah. um, you get so much intonation and so much like value from the words that you just can't pick up from the page. Right, right. Well, yeah, the, the tone and like the inflection has a lot to do with, with the message, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I couldn't agree more. So you get my melodious voice in your ear telling you all about <laughs> habits. You need to love yourself. That's right. Come on, but Dalton. I, yeah, Great. absolutely. <laughs> Affirm yourself. You got this. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's so funny. So let let me start here. I you know, I've I follow you on Instagram. Um, I've listened to a few of the podcasts, and I know that you mentioned podcasts in your book. Um, I listened to a few of the episodes that that you've cool. been on. Um, and I know you, do, and I know you're doing quite a bit of them and I appreciate the honor to have you on, like I said, uh, but what's the most, like, what's the message that you want to get out there? You're doing a lot of the podcasts. You're, you're doing a TEDx talk in the near future, right? It got canceled, but it's on, right? I don't know. <laughs> what's Ask the, me when the world isn't on fire. I have I know, no idea. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know that's nuts. But what's like the message that you want to get out there? What's, what's your, like, the most important thing you want to get out there with these podcasts? It's a great, it's a great question. And I'm glad you asked that. Um, the primary message that I really want to get out there is that we have an opportunity to change our world and the world by working on our selves and everything we wish to see in the world, either a more harmonious world, a more joyful world, families not being broken, like, 
cultures and civilizations being healed and whatever, or our own selfish dreams coming true, which by the way is totally okay. It all <laughs> begins within all of it. And that's, that's the big thing I want people to get. I like that. No, and, and I really, I really appreciated the book too. I appreciated everything that you wrote as far as, you know, your own experiences, um, opening up with, you know, your own traumas and your past and things like that. Right. Um, and so I, I did just not found, enjoy writing about those things, by the way. Yeah, well, so that was one of the questions and maybe I can just j jump right through it. But, but um, how was that whole process for you in writing the book and, and being vulnerable like that? I know you mentioned Brene Brown's one of your, uh, a great TEDx talk and a great book. She, she wrote a yeah. couple, but um, how was that process for you? Knowing that it was going to go into a book, knowing that, you know, there's critics everywhere. Well, is this an explicit interview where I can really yeah, answer you? No, go ahead. Well, <laughs> opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one and they all stink. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what right. my father's that's been right. telling me for years. <laughs> um, but sincerely though, it was hard to bring that level of um, vulnerability um, and just kind of nakedness to everything. But the reason why I did it is, be and, and like this, to be honest with you, it was like, it was really challenging to write the book from that perspective. And, you know, I don't like using lots of like case studies in my writing. I've had a really interesting life, lots of ups and lots of downs. And the one thing I really wanted to do when I was telling a lot of these stories is just really prove to people that you really don't need to be special to create a special life. Mm -hmm. I am so far from special, it's not even funny. And my upbringing was like, I don't know, my parents did their best, but like other right, kids crapped right. on me. I was abused. I, w I went through all this stuff. And mm -hmm. um, it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's validity in people being able to see themselves in some of the trials and tribulations I shared about my own life. Like, we don't all have it figured out. You know, I messed up. I've got ADHD. I was abused. I was bullied. Mm -hmm. I was this, I was that. And, you know, I still did it. And I think the main takeaway point that I wanted people to really feel from the book is you can be an average human being with all your baggage and you can still create something extraordinary. And if my stubborn ass could do it, so could you. <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of power in that. And there's a lot of truth in that. And there's a lot of power that comes to people, you know, especially while uh, reading your book, but there's a lot of power that comes to people when they realize that they're not alone. Right. I yeah. did. A, yeah. You know, I did another interview with a, with an author who, um, who mentioned that right like there's power in togetherness mm -hmm. and i and i think that you try to offer that and i think you do a really good job in your book about you know thanks you know i'm with you right <laughs> you know i'm i'm here with you right and we're going to go through this together because i think that's a at least a fear for me like in my past with my own um traumas and and i think everybody has them right but at least that's for me right is um you get to be together with people. And I think there's a lot of power in that. Totally. Well, you know, I think, and I think you probably read this in the book already, and maybe even now you're listening to it again is, you know, we see a lot of our heroes that we appreciate out there and the people we admire and whatever, and we think they've got it all figured out. And we think that they've got something that we don't have. And 
that's just not true. And that was one of the things that I really wanted to, to talk about, you know, and mm -hmm. I still want to get that point across now. It's like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are so much wealthier than I am. They might not be happier than I am. And right. at the end of the day, who's the one that's truly wealthy? Me. Right. Because you can't take money with you. You know, that's when you right. die, you can't. And money doesn't really make the person. And, and the thing is, you know, yes, it's a lot harder to cry on a jet ski, you know, than it is <laughs> not. You know, money is very helpful. But at the end of the day, that is not your measure of success as a human. It's just not. And I didn't know that really like in my soul years and mm -hmm. being able to like really get that message powerfully, you know, through living it. I was just having um, an incredible conversation with um, an attorney this morning who, um, you know, she's just reevaluating like, you know, I'm on the partner track. Mm. Why? Like, well, it's because, you know, you probably want to make your parents happy when you were a little girl and you probably wanted to do this and you probably wanted to do that. And mm. then the older you get, the more you realize, mm, these are not my dreams. And we need to give ourselves permission to define success and joy on our terms. And society yeah. doesn't really give us permission or structure to do that, you know, and certainly not the tools. So... <laughs> That's where oh, the six yeah. habits came from. And I created the 90 day program, which is a real life changer. Um, that was the original thing that I created. And mm -hmm. um, when I did that, it's because I was just on the damn hamster wheel and I was just chasing like, oh, I need to do all the things and have all the success and do all this because then I'll be happy and then other people will love me and blah, blah, blah. And right. what I really needed was for me to love me and to have the courage to decide, wow, I don't actually want all that stuff that some of my friends want and that my mom yeah. wants me to have and that society wants me to have. Nope. Turns out I actually love sitting in my jammies and just reading a book. That actually <laughs> makes me happy. I'm very nerdy. Very nerdy. There you go. Um, but like some of us have very humble desires and mm -hmm. that's okay. And I, yeah. I think that we condemn people for being humble. We want them to be humble, but we don't like, oh, oh, when you do good and you do acts of service, you better be humble about it or don't do it, blah, blah, blah. Right. But when, you, when, you, when you achieve, you better aim for the moon, you know, and yeah, at least yeah, you'll yeah. land among the stars, which first of all is scientifically inaccurate. I hate that. Right. Um, but like you get all these different things where it's just constantly condemning people for wanting the littlest things and you get like a little kid. What do you want to do when you grow up? I want to work at McDonald's. Cool. Right. Why not? Cool. You know, like. Yeah. Got to like, start somewhere, right? We or, or do whatever. not train our children, and I mean this culturally, our, yeah. all of our children, yeah. to aspire for happiness as the goal and mm. be entrepreneurs and go out on your own and make life on your own terms. And it's okay if you mess it up. And it's okay if, you know, the things you want are really simple and silly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. Like the, that's something that I've always thought about too, because, you know, we're not all meant to be. And one of the reasons I actually started um, my own podcast this the one we're on right now um, was to, to see just the everyday, the business owners, everyday influencers, the everyday people doing like what makes them happy. And not only that, but doing the things that they never thought they'd do before but yeah. found out that it was making them happy, you know, as their priorities changed, you know, as they grew up and they realized they wanted to do their own thing that, that things started to change for them. And, and that happiness came from, you know, like business owners, they, they love what they do. They're so passionate about what they do. Right. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, but, but they might not be 
the next Amazon. They might not be the next Best Buy or something like that, but it's, nope. it's something that they built and that they love and they're happy doing it, you yep. know? And, and that's uh, something that I, absolutely right. you know, part of your book, right? Acceptance, just knowing that like, Hey, this is my path. This is what I'm on. And I'm happy with my path. And yeah, and really I mean, there. listen, so you saw in the book, you read in the book, you've obviously seen my bio and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. I retired at 37 notable yeah. achievement. I'm proud of it. Right. <laughs> right. And did you know that when I retired at 37, I still felt like my accomplishments weren't big enough. My company mm. wasn't big enough. I hadn't achieved enough. And I still mm. felt like a failure because I wasn't Jeff Bezos mm, because yeah. I hadn't won. Jeez. No, I built a small That's company tough, yeah. and I retired from it and I built a structure that works for me and I built passive income and I'm wealthier than most people because I get the luxury of doing whatever the hell I want with my time. <laughs> that's right. And that's the best part of it, right? It's freedom. Who cares like, how I built it? Yeah. But I was judging me because I was so Jeez. afraid that other people would look at me, perhaps that were more successful than me that, and look down mm. their nose at me. No, they weren't. I was right. doing it to myself. Yeah, that's, that's something that I've noticed even in my life too. And that people, you know, it, it, people get caught in it, but they, they make up these things in their head that aren't really happening out here. Right. Yeah. Like that guy must hate me. That guy probably didn't even notice you. Right. For, for better or worse. Right. He probably wasn't even thinking about it. No. Cause he's too busy thinking about himself. Just like you're too busy <laughs> thinking about yourself. That's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Listen, we're all egocentric. We just need to own it. That's right. I'm with you. you. Yeah. I'm with you and, and try to, and try to break those chains. So, no, okay, indulge me for a minute. You are in Hawaii, right? Mm -hmm. Maui. Are, you're Maui. Oh my goodness. How, why did you pick Maui? It's awesome here. I love, I love Maui. I, um, my family is from Maui. So my mom is Hawaiian. Really? Um, and they're from Maui and Kauai and um, I think I have some family on. on oh my God, on. that's right. I actually remember doing a little bit of research on you when I was getting booked to do this interview yeah. with you and saw the, the Hawaiian names and I'm like, okay, yep. aloha. What's that's up? That's right. Yes. Yes. And so I just wanted to talk about that because uh, Hawaii, why'd you pick Hawaii? Well, uh, if I may be spiritual and a little nerdy for a moment, All uh, right, Mother Maui chose me. She invited that, yeah. me to move here and be part of uh, the land and the culture and the community and to do for others and care for her creatures and things like that. And I was magnetically drawn here by Maui herself. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, you know, and I, Which I get nobody expects of, me to say, by the way, no, I, well, I love the answer. Well, as a, especially, I mean, I'm not like a hundred percent Hawaiian or anything, but, but I appreciate that because I understand that too. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mana that comes with, being on the island and and being Absolutely. around all that you know nature is just powerful mother nature is just powerful by herself she you know she is she <laughs> is and you know the thing that i needed after 20 years of being a giant stress ball was to mm. not be a stress ball and yeah. the thing about being here is I don't know if my invitation from the land which i felt spiritually um was a permanent invitation or just be here for a while and let me heal you. And why don't you help heal me? Because mm -hmm. there's been a lot of like, um, people that live here that are, that are hurting and they're poor and they're this and that. And there's, mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's ways that I've been trying to help the community and, you know, trying to get involved the best I can. And it's difficult. And, mm -hmm. um, the thing, the thing that really has always called to me is actually the, um, 
the animals and the uh, the creatures of the ocean that live here, and um, everything is very healing. And it's yeah. There's just some. Th- this is a spiritual epicenter on the planet, and if you really look at that, people view um, Maui as the heart chakra of the planet. Um, and I get it. It's had a transformational yeah. effect on me. Um, it's funny. I was talking to uh, one of our one of our business colleagues with my first company today, and she's like, "Wow, this is not the you of three years ago." I'm like, "I know." Better, huh? She's like, Beautiful. "Wow, I know. You're living my dream life." <laughs> You got to work on you, girl. You That's right. Work on you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and you can't compare, you know, other people's progress to yours, right? Because we're all, we run our own race. My, one of my Honestly, favorite Honestly, you shouldn't even compare you to you because yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's dangerous true. too. That's true. Well, yeah. You know, I had to do a lot of forgiving my younger self because we were different people. Yeah. You know. You that's know, good. And letting it go. I mean, you know, you said right. read from the book, there's a lot of forgiveness work that you need to do. And yes. if you haven't downloaded the exercises, I really hope you do. And you download them and you do them. Um, Deal. Deal. The, uh, good. Do it. And hold <laughs> to it. Um, you know, the thing about all of this stuff is we got to face ourselves. We have to like work with who we are, acknowledge what is, and just work from a place of, I'm not broken. I'm not mm-hmm. incomplete, but I deserve love. I need, I could be better because I love me, mm-hmm. not because I hate me. And yeah, yeah. I could have better because I love me. You know, it's like, yeah. this is an easier thing to explain. I'll use this metaphor. <laughs> exercise, you know, yeah. you should never exercise because you hate your body. You should exercise because you love your body. And it's a celebration of all the awesome stuff it can do. Mm, that's yes. Well, I heard it one, I heard it put one time, you know, with just taking care of your body and exercising and, and eating right, that diets die, right? And it's got to be a lifestyle change, right? You got to change totally. your, your whole, you have to change and get on a new path because like yep. diets die, right? And, I'm, and, I, and I learned that from a guy who was like a crazy faster, like, you know, fa- fasted all the time and very like, meditative and uh Mm -hmm. really cool guy but that that i never that so diets die and then if you want to feel alive eat things that are alive like fruits and vegetables like he taught me that too (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. there's a lot of um a lot of things out there i've actually been learning about nutrition lately and it's been it's been really cool to finally learn about nutrition from a doctor that basically flips the bird to tradition like western medicine and it's like yeah this is terrible because keep in mind the um healthcare system only makes money on you when you're sick right why do they want you to be healthy oh that's right they can't profit on you when you're healthy so that's that's really not the goal so yeah 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 no that's it's so true so let me ask you this where did you come up with the idea of the six habits where did you come up with the with the six themselves um because yeah, I, research. Yeah. Okay. Research, lots of it. Um, so, you know, I, I retired, I told you that, and I really mm-hmm. wanted to be happy and I wasn't. And honestly, I felt kind of ripped off. Like, hey, where's my prize? I did all the things. <laughs> what the hell? Like, yeah. I, was, I was pretty salty about it, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and I just, I really wanted something better for myself. And I, I had done all of the, the research you know, I'd, I'd done the, the books and I'd, God, I've read so many incredible books and I, I like, I did courses and I did like 
retreats and awesome like week long things. And I've done all of these things and I've, I liked them. And it's like, wow, I get so fired up, but nothing ever stuck. And that kind of pissed me off. I'm like, Mm -hmm. so let me get this straight. I'm an infinitely capable person. I'm really smart. And I've done all this reading and I've paid for all this stuff. And yet I'm still a miserable piece of shit. Why is that? Um, so I got pissed and as an entrepreneur, I wanted to know, well, you know what, what's the solution? I want to solve this the first time, um, and just be done with it because this is ridiculous. And I'm tired of being told that there's something wrong with me. And I don't want to be falling prey to like other people's crap where they're just preying on me and making me feel incomplete. No, 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 no. (laughs) Amazing what anger will do for us. So I, wanted to figure out what it was. So I started like documenting, all right, what are the key takeaways that I've gotten from everything I've ever learned? Everything. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that were easy to remember? What were the things that not? What were the things that I actually implemented? What did I not? Then I started like doing more research. What else is out there? And, and asking a really big question, like what are the most happy and successful among us doing and what do they all have in common that the rest of us seem to be missing out on, namely myself. (laughs) I want to be really clear. All the six habits stuff started from an extremely egocentric place. Mm -hmm. It was all about, I want to feel better. I, 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 the almighty I. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I started doing the research and I wanted to figure out, well, what is it? Well, turns out it is, it all, like I wrote down everything right? That mm-hmm. everything that I pulled from my research, from my memory, from my experiences, from people, all of it. And then I started looking for patterns and the patterns were the six things. And I was looking at these six things. I'm like, huh? The more I stared at it, the more I was like, these aren't attributes. These aren't epiphanies. These are habits. Yeah. Hmm. So then I started looking into habit, reading books about habit, looking into the science of habit. And because I'm a stubborn person, I wanted to know, well, you know, what is it, you know, what is it when we get to like, you know, habit, what's like, what's the truth? So I started researching um, habit. Turns out marketers, and I say this as the CEO of a marketing company, marketers (laughs) would have you believe so they can sell you more crap that habits can be formed in 21 days. No, they can't. That is a lie. Um, I feel like Mari Povich. Right. That is a lie. You are the father. Um, yes. So the DNA results it's are true, in. though. This is bullshit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the, the second thing, 30 days. Nope, also yep. a lie. Science. God bless science. Yeah. Science says it is 66 days to form a habit. And because I am a stubborn so-and-so, and I'm also <laughs> human, and I... I have yet to ever stick with anything for any length of time consistently. Like I was like, all right, well, I'm going to round up. I'm going to call this 90 days and I'm going to build a 90 day program for myself and I'm going to see what it does. And I'm going to use all of these principles. So I've got these six things, these six broad categories, turns out their habits. What do I got to do to acquire these habits over a 90 day period? Well, it's repetition. So I built yeah. this 90-day program for myself and dude, I changed my life so massively. Like I remember like the first like like day five, I was seeing massive shifts in my relationship with my husband and we were breaking down barriers and getting closer. And then I was like day eight, I was like having the courage to like finally look at something differently. Day 12, I'm like taking a look at myself in the mirror and be like, 
that stuff went wrong because of you. You should own it. <laughs> oh God, that yeah. hurt. But I yeah. powered through it. And like, I, I healed broken relationships. I had spiritual breakthroughs. Day 38, uh, 40, no, day 42, I remember I was here on Maui with my husband celebrating my retirement. And it was the super wolf blood moon. Remember that? Yes. And um, yes. we were here and like, I was just like, damn, I've always wanted to live here. What a spiritual place. And I just remember feeling the call of the land to come here. And I was like, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. You know, and listen, I'm a really cynical, pragmatic New Englander. Okay. Just because yes. I moved here does not mean I'm Hawaiian. Right. Nope. Right. I'm super white for anyone that's only listening. I'm white. <laughs> like I match paper. Paper has a better tan than I have. So like, I was like, this doesn't fit, but like, I never had the courage to move, but I was like, babe, let's do it. I feel called to move here and I feel like I can be of service to the land. And I feel like my spiritual calling is it's, it's arriving where I can really just kind of like be the person I've always wanted to be and that I'm supposed to be spiritually and, you know, life path wise and whatever, and do the things I'm supposed to do. And, um, you know, I just like throughout the entire 90 days, I kept having like miracle breakthrough after miracle breakthrough. And I just changed so much as a person. My husband and I grew closer. He did the 90 day program mm -hmm. too, which blew my freaking doors off. Cause he doesn't believe in this fluffy woo woo stuff <laughs> for like a minute. He's like, he's like, y'all a bunch of crackheads. I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, I'm out. <laughs> um, well he did it and he's like, damn, you're onto something. And he finally got to be more of the man he always wanted to be and forgive his father for all the dumb shit his father did to him and whatever. And it was like, yeah. it was like, I built the marriage I always wanted. I, I got the courage to step into my dream life and build big things and do big stuff. And I was like, damn, the end of the 90 days, I had the habits that I wanted, but more importantly, I had the results of the habits already in their early stages starting to manifest my house was on the market. My marriage was awesome. Um, I felt so spiritually alive and I felt so many of my great relationships like coming back to me. And it was, it was really, really powerful. And that's the thing that I've been really excited to, to realize is I think that Maui called me here for a lot of reasons. One being, yes, the 90 days and everything that I built was originally for me, but to get me away from everything being all about me and realizing how I can do so much good in the world by practicing what I preach, giving healing to others, sharing from a place of love, and, and having this incredibly ridiculously audacious goal of reaching a billion people and changing a billion people so we can have happier children more functional generations, happier workplaces, more people courageously following their dreams. And we can mm. fix this incredibly messed up, broken world we live in by working on ourselves, which circles right back to the very thing you asked me about in the beginning. So right. yeah, as a result of all the 90 day stuff, like I had originally written the book just so I could like tell my friends about it because yeah, you don't know about this fluffy woo woo stuff here. Read these couple of paragraphs. <laughs> right. um, but I wanted to go the distance because I really wanted yeah. to share this with other people and change lives. Well, I like how you put these, you know, what before reading your book, I would have considered these habits values, right? So kindness, goodness, 
uh, presence. I would have considered that those kind of like values. But what I like about your book and what it made me think about, and one of the reasons I love reading anything, um, <laughs> is is uh, it it changed my my thought process to you know this these are lifestyles. You know you can't just um, you can't just say I have kindness as a value and then pull it out whenever you want it. Right? It has to be right. a habit. It has to be a lifestyle. Um, it has to be your default behavior. Right. Right. You yeah. Don't think about. Exactly. That takes time and practice. Yeah, exactly. It can't be like a, a corporate value statement. Like it's got to be who you are. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, no, it really is. And I, I got to be honest with you. That was probably the most pivotal thing for me is when mm. I was starting to do this work, I was starting to see all the holes in realizing, oh my gosh, the happy and successful people that we admire the most they pump themselves up and they tell themselves they can do things. And, mm. you know, if they have a mean thought in their head, cause we all have them, they squash it and they don't listen. Yeah. And that needs to be my default. And I need to unconditionally love myself. And it is not my default. I'm carrying some heavy bags. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, the thing that everybody always assumes when they're new to the six habits is, Oh, I'm good at this stuff. This is kid stuff. It's not, uh, yeah, it's, it's not. And listen, I can, I'm happy to be on every podcast in the world and tell you what the six <laughs> habits are in fricking detail, right. but that is not enough. It's the beginning. Awareness is just the beginning of the journey to building right. a lifestyle because when you, when you actually start to look at what having that habit looks like and then compare where you are to what the ideal is you're like damn it and you realize how far <laughs> off you are right yeah, and then exactly. and then you realize yeah. you've got work to do and yeah you got to do the work you mm -hmm. know i thought i was a grateful person nope was not then you're i right. learned what gratitude really is and then i thought i was like oh well i'm an entrepreneur i'm a rock star at intention no i'm pretty good not right. where I needed to be and right, all of right. these different things. And like, we always overestimate our abilities and we always assume things are easier and that we're better at things than we naturally are. And then when we actually start to peel back the layers and have the courage to look at ourselves and realize, wow, I suck at this, but I'm actually on my way to not sucking at this. Mm -hmm. If I do the work, I can actually be the person I always wanted to be. And mm -hmm. I can actually for real, instead of just dreaming about, I can actually have the stuff I always wanted and do that crazy audacious stuff that mm -hmm. I always thought that, wow, those are big dreams and that's all they'll ever be. Well, what if right. you actually did them? Like, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you use lousy human, like I got a <laughs> goal to reach a billion people, just this one like person sitting in her condo in, in um, Maui. Who the hell am I? <laughs> I'm a person that believes that I can do it. Yeah. Well, and you've, and, and I think part of being able to help other people and being able to reach those goals is being okay with yourself. Acceptance is, uh, is being intentional about getting better every day is staying yeah. grounded. You know what I mean? I know you brought up mindfulness and things like that. Um, yeah. and it's, and it, but that's what it is, right? It's being okay with saying like, Hey, I know I'm not there yet, but I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep trying. And I'm going to, you know, one of my favorite things like, you know, I teach this to my, my kids. Um, and people that I meet is like, you know, I, I always tell them, cause you bring this up in your book too. I call it the paradox of control. And I think I heard that somewhere, but it's this idea that like the re the more you realize you need to let go, the more you can get what you want in life. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I tell people the that illusion I just, of control, but yeah. 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 The illusion of control. You got to learn to surrender. You are not in charge. You think you are, but you're not. Yep. 
And I, and I always say that I say, remember acceptance, not control, you know, just keep Well, going. you can always put it the way my dad used to put it. People plan and God laughs. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> I like that too. There's dadisms um, everywhere. Yeah, I know, but it's true though. You know, you never, you never do that. Cause it, it always throws in you, you gotta be able to adapt. And that's what I think the that's what I think the six habits do for people is they allow people to be, to adapt to whatever situation that, that they come that they come totally. in because as you start as you start going down that rabbit hole you know a lot of that's scary when you start like hey i got a yes. lot of stuff i gotta fix a lot of places i need to heal and i gotta be open about that and i gotta be vulnerable about that and i think it's harder for people to be vulnerable like i can be vulnerable with you and and vice versa and we can be in, in this but it's hard to be that with yourself right well, I actually think it's very difficult for people to be vulnerable with each other because we, we live in a society that generally doesn't encourage that, which is why I'm sure. such a huge fan of everything Brene Brown is trying to do in the world yeah. because she's all about people being vulnerable. Listen, right. I love doing podcast interviews because it helps me to reach my 1 billion people, but I also love it because I get to make a real genuine connection with an awesome human being like you. <laughs> and I get to make a new friend and I get to have a deep conversation and I get yeah. to be vulnerable because at the end of the day, these are the conversations that really matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I these are the ones of substance. They've got teeth. These are the ones you remember <laughs> where you're just like, shit, I, yeah. I got to look in the mirror. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay when yeah. you look it back at you and you're not really thrilled with what you see, but it's right. okay. Cause you're, right. you're on your way. And, right. um, I find that people have a hard time relating to each other and letting the walls down, but you know, obviously being vulnerable with ourselves, but you know, I work and I, I, I don't coach too many people. I, I consider myself a facilitator really of um, working with very successful people that, and by the way, these are the toughest nuts to crack because they are so good at building up the facade that I have it all together. Look at all my toys, look at all my achievements, look at all my trophies, look at all my awards, look at my big fat bank account. Look at this, look at this, look at this. I'm yeah. successful. Right. These are the toughest people to crack, but once they crack, these are the people I love to help because these are the people often, and nobody else knows this, in the most pain. Because for someone that's kind of already like low, it's, it's so much easier for that person to be vulnerable and admit, you know what, this is not going so well, right? Because right. there's a lot of people that are already having that conversation. But what happens when you're a titan of the universe that you built and you actually admit, this sucks and I'm not having any fun? And yeah. my life is joyless. And I thought I mm -hmm. wanted this 10 years ago. And now that I'm here, no, I really don't. And yeah. I don't want to give up all the money because the money's nice. Um, right, right. But where's the joy? And how do I build the life I really want? And I just, I want to write kids books. How do I do that? <laughs> yeah. That's the work I like to do is, okay, let's yeah. get, get you right with you. And then let's right. figure out the logistics. Yeah, Because yeah. it's all possible. All of it. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the thing I love about um, interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, authors is, uh, is when they found that that was it, right. They were okay with themselves. They got themselves to a point where they could go. Um, they found a way to make it possible. And, and uh, there's yep. so many ways to make your dreams possible. If you, yep. if you're okay with yourself and if you're okay with where you're going, you know what I mean? If you know you're on the right path. Yeah. And it requires courage. Yeah. And that's the thing like that I found. Right. Like, right. Okay. So for a lot of people starting a business is super scary. 
Right. Super scary. That's the big scary thing. Maybe moving across the country. Like my husband's moved all over the place. He's, you know, he's from Italy. He lived and moved to Colorado and New York city and Everett, Massachusetts. And like all these awesome places. I mean, I wouldn't call Everett awesome. Sorry. Anybody that's listening is from there. Kind of a (laughs) shithole. But like it is like, like for him moving around was not courageous, but for me it was for him starting a business. That's like, are you kidding me? That's like really daunting. But for me, it's like, "Ah, that's just another day at the office. No matter what it is that we want to do in our lives, we all have a big, scary thing. Mm -hmm. And for the people that have already achieved a certain level of success, letting go of that success can feel like a Mm non-negotiable, except what if you can have your cake and eat it too? Right. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's, I think the thing that we need to figure out and that's, that's the coaching work I like to do, but it all begins with the habits. I mean, I'm telling you, man, when I'm, when I'm coaching with people, guess where we start the six habits got to get yeah. you right with you. Right. Because if you are feeling like you're good enough without all this fancy crap, yeah. you might decide that that humble life you've always secretly dreamed of, but never dared to admit to anyone is actually going to make you happy. And you don't give a shit if nobody else likes it. You don't yeah. care. Right. You know? Because, because you're good with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you become liberated and you become, oh, yeah. you get to escape from the weight of the success that you are currently being crushed under. And it's, yeah. it's a weird niche market that I have for the coaching stuff that I do or facilitation work that I do. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we all need a couple things. We need profound self-love. We need profound courage and mm-hmm. we need permission to define happiness and joy on our own damn terms. And listen, Dalton, you and I have different ideas of what happiness are. And you and your kids, you've got different ideas. And me and my husband, like, you know, like we're just different people and that's okay. Right. Right. Well, and, and, and I, and I guess you're right. You're on the, you know, we're on the right path with that is like some people think that they have to fit an ideal of happiness that someone else's happiness I have to, you know, and like the consumerism trap that we're in really does a good job of that. Like I have to have the new car. I have to have the bigger house. I have to keep up with the Joneses, you know, but you're, what I love about the, the six habits is I'm like, I'm like you very, very stoic, very pragmatic. Um, I don't, I don't read a lot of the fluffy uh, self-help books, although I have, um, but but, you know, I, I like the pragmatic view of like listen you can have crappy days and still be happy and i think you mentioned that in your book right yeah like being plastic is not the goal (laughs) like in having this ridiculous dumb grin plastered on your face all the time is not the goal it's not even real like sadness is part of the journey and like right you just need to be better equipped to go along with life's bumps well you know what's funny about you know bringing up like the hawaiian culture and stuff um and just like more eastern philosophy is in the in the west in the western philosophy you know we've done a real good job <laughs> and and, and I, you know air quotes around around good job of like of telling <laughs> people um how to live or or that or that uh sadness and pain are bad things right but like these like hawaii yeah. these eastern philosophy buddhism and stuff like that um their pain and and sadness like these grieving moments are sacred and they're and they're supposed to be treated yeah. like that you know and, yeah. and they're supposed to be a, a place to like like this is it now go right you can make a lot more progress here in these things and 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 the western culture has done a good job of telling people that that is not the 
case. Right? I mean, listen. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> I am an American. Proud yeah. to be an American. But yeah. I can tell you there are some things that America has done very, very wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, to me, I just always picture like that America, that meme, <laughs> you know? And like, yes. listen, I, yeah. I am, I said, I'm proud to be an American. I am. And here's where I think we've done yeah. a really bad, bad disservice to um, our people. We've made things so easy to come by. We've commoditized things to the point where we've commoditized people. We've made yeah. relationships transactional. We've, oh, we yeah. live in a very Good litigious deal. culture and it's yeah. like, you know, and everything magazine covers are airbrushed and little girls are growing up thinking that if they have a stitch of cellulite on their legs, that there's something wrong with them and they need to yeah. be ashamed. And, you know, men need to, you know, not cry or have feelings and, you know, all the emotions are put on like a value judgment system of, oh, this one's good, this one's bad, this one's good, this one's right, bad. Right, and right. if you have this one, then you have failed. And this one is the goal and only joy is the goal and sadness is, you know, bad. And if that's where you are and if you're having a hard time with the coronavirus stuff, then there's something wrong with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's just yeah. so yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's maddening. And like, yeah. this is a big part of the work I want to do is like mm -hmm. giving people license and freedom, feel your feelings. Don't get trapped in your feelings, but like, yeah, but if, like if spirituality is your goal. Like it was for me, go for it. Yeah. You want to open a business, you want to move, you want to, you get one precious life as far as we know. Right. So go for it. Why do you need yeah. to spend your life living in fear or yeah. trying to please somebody else's definition of happiness or no offense, mom, but right. trying to make your mom happy. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. And you know, and, and there's a lot of things like that in, in your book that you ask people to do and you ask them to, to make changes. And I, and I'm curious about this because I've always wanted to ask um, an author this question. Right. And that, right. and that's um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, is how do you balance making demands on the reader? Um, with taking care of the reader. So I know in your book, there's a lot of- wow, um, that's a great question. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think you did a good job, but I just, I'm curious from a writing standpoint, like, you know, that dynamic, right? That's a great question. That might be one of my favorites <laughs> ones. I like that one. You should ask other authors this one too. Uh, it's, right, it's, it's thought provoking. No, I, I like that yeah. because I think, a big part of the reason why I chose to be vulnerable was in a way to take care of the reader and to nurture them yeah. and just be like, it's okay. You don't need to have it figured out. See, here I am naked. I'm, <laughs> I'm vulnerable and I'm just, yeah. everything's hanging out. Like right, I right. am not perfect and I'm still doing these things. So I'm holding your hand. I'm in the suck with you, mm -hmm. but also this is what the other side looks like. Yeah. And you know, I do encourage people throughout the book, do the exercises, learn, the, learn the, the principles and do all this stuff. But one of the things that's like really powerful and impactful about all of this, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I know you read this in the book and you hear me mm -hmm. talk about it. It's, this is all pointless and stupid if you're just going to read the book and not do the damn work. Yeah, do yeah. the work. I mean, yeah. my approach to helping people is it's a very loving punch in the face, mm -hmm. um, which some people love. And if you're a cynical New Englander like me, boy, you're going to like my book. But, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, if you want someone that's going to like white glove, like it's okay, you don't have right. to do the work. <laughs> you can just wish for it and try to yeah. manifest all your feelings. It'll be yeah. so nice. No. I, that's not the book I wrote. Do not buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but like, I want to give people the truth, but I also want to like empower them because of the truth. Like you can do this. Anybody can do this. My stubborn ass with ADHD with a lot of baggage did this. And these are the steps. And a big part of the empowerment for me is all the free exercises that I give with the book. Like, okay, not just, Hey, go out and change your life. No, no, no. Read the book. Step one. Step two, go download all the free stuff and do the damn work. And I've laid it out for you so you have no excuse. And for people that love doing that work and they really want to make that commitment to themselves, the 90-day program is built for those people. It was built for me and it's built for the people that are like, I need to adopt this 90-day like or this like six-habit lifestyle so I can truly be living my most ultimate life on my terms. Right. Well, and, and with the, when you get, when you implement those six habits, you know, when I've done it in my life, you know, and I'm working every day, but when I, when I've noticed in my life that I'm doing these things very well, it's freeing for me because I know that nobody else, you know, I'm not controlled by what other people think about me. I'm not controlled about what, you know, what happens to me necessarily um, because I have these tools in my belt that I can, that I can keep going. Right. So I, I noticed, you know, you mentioned the 90 day program. So when you've taken people down there, um, who, what's the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people? And I know, you, I know you mentioned this a little bit with like work and stuff, but is there anything else that you're like, maybe like precursors to that you can tell like, hey, this is going to be good or man, this is going to be tough? No, I, it's a good question. It's a fair one. I mean, I think- yeah. You know, lots of people in life, I mean, we're all coming from varied backgrounds. I mean, some people, they're stubborn like me. Like, you know, I don't want to do things like 90-day programs. I don't want to do um, anything that requires discipline. I don't like taking my damn vitamins, but I did yeah. at my dentist's <laughs> insistence finally start flossing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I think some people are predisposed to be really, you know, successful at certain things. So what I would say is this, um, most people will find success across life if they just stick it out long enough and just keep at it when things get sucky you know like i'm gonna (laughs) be perfectly honest with you there's a reason it's 90 days it's because some of the days really suck you don't like facing yourself you get stubborn and you're like i don't feel like doing this and i don't feel like (laughs) learning this because it's your old it's your old habits and your old you that you're trying to just lovingly say thank you goodbye to um so you can usher in the new you the old you doesn't want to go down without a fight and like i faced i faced this too i mean i was doing it i had some days where i was like i said this of my own program this is dumb i don't feel like doing it you know, and, but I stuck with it. it. And that's the thing that's really hard. And I've tried to, I built a program that was Laura proof basically, because Mm -hmm. I I am, I'm convinced I'm, I'm among the top 10% of stubborn humans (laughs) on the planet. And I don't like being told what to do. Gretchen Mm -hmm. Rubin wrote this great book called the four tendencies. There's like, Mm -hmm. it's all how we respond to expectation. And, Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was fascinating. So there's a book to your add to your shelf. I love I got to do the four tendencies. The four tendencies, it was awesome. And it's like, so there's the four tendencies, you know, the, the people that respond really well to other people's expectations and um, their own. And then there's the people that respond really well to only their own, but nobody else's. Then there's the opposite, only responding to everybody else's really well, but never their own. And then there's the people like me, the rebel, that I don't respond to anybody's expectations really well, my, <laughs> my own or anybody else's. I'm yeah. the rebel. 
I'm actually the most likely to drop a program like three days in and be like, yeah, we're done here. I don't feel like doing this. But I have to want the result bad enough. And, and that's why the work that I give away with the book is so important. If you yeah. are willing yeah. and you've got the courage to face yourself and do that work, you should do the 90 day because the work that's in there, it's hard. I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's, it's looking at yourself. And like one of the questions in there is like, what things are in your past that you need to forgive yourself for? Yeah. That's a question yeah. that's a, that has made my clients cry in the past yeah. because these are the painful things. But here's the truth. Whenever we're willing to face the deep, dark, and ugly places, and by the way, deep, dark, and ugly is my specialty. Um, when we face those things and we courageously go into the abyss, we hate what's there, but we do it anyway. That's when we are liberated because mm -hmm. we're not running from the truth anymore. The truth is there. It's looking at us and we're able to use the truth and be like, oh my God, you do the work, right? It's all free. Do it, right? I'm yeah. holding you accountable, Dalton. You better do the damn work. <laughs> Deal. Like when you, right? I, yeah. I know. So <laughs> when you do this stuff, right, and you face yourself, you know what happens? You have epiphany after epiphany after epiphany, and your mm. mind gets blown by, oh my God. You realize your own culpability. You realize the habits that brought you to the life you're living. Yeah. And you yeah. realize the ones that you need are not in your repertoire. You realize it, right? You see it for self, but then you also realize, I can do this. I'm actually right. capable and I'm not as far off as maybe my little broken, you know, <laughs> mantras inside my head would have me believe because here's the right. thing. We are all proficient at each of the six habits to varying degrees now. Mm -hmm. But it's a yes. matter of being conscious of what they are, having clarity and a spotlight on each of what they are, but then more specifically a friggin' pathway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I love what you mentioned earlier. Like, um, you know, we think we know what these are too. Like we all have these ideas of what they are. But before you dive into this program that you're talking about and before you dive into the book, uh, other people, right, they, they're, it's very cosmetic very superficial. And then you start to dive deeper and, and realize that these things aren't like values. They're not words. They're actually like their behaviors and habits and they're mm -hmm. things that you do and how you interact with yourself in the world um, yes. that a lot of people yes. miss. You know what I mean? And I like that you brought up um, transactional relationships too, because I, I'm a totally firm believer that we've got, we've gotten lost in like this, like our friendships are like gumball machines, right? Like I'll give you something and then get something back. And, and until, yeah. and once that's exhausted between you and me, we've got nothing left off for each other. And then we're going to leave. And that's such a horrible way to, it and I, I know horrible is a strong word, but that's such a horrible way to like interact with another human. It is horrible. I mean, I, I like the word horrible. I also like the word tragic. Yeah, that, oh, that's what better. We're, yeah. What we're doing yeah. is we're really like yeah. devaluing ourselves and we're devaluing the people we love yeah. because we're looking at people through the lens of what do I get out of this person? Mm -hmm. And we're like, it's just, oh, it's so toxic. And it's, it's not good for us. And, right. you know, at the end of the day, like the thing that we need to be doing is getting in a much, much more solid relationship with ourselves um, because then that actually enables us to be in a more solid relationship with others. 
Right. You know, like right. you don't need to have transactional relationships with people. There's no more gumball right. effect yeah. <laughs> when you have, you know, yeah. a relationship with a dear friend and it's going really, really well. You're both nurtured. You both feel fulfilled. Yeah. Your needs are yeah. met and you don't feel like your cup is being emptied when someone needs you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can give from a much better place and you can, um, you can also learn to receive and right. receiving by the way is one of the harder things that i don't think americans are very good at doing yeah that's yeah it's tough yeah we've been trained as a culture there's something <laughs> wrong with you you are only a transactional value and you know you yeah you, well you know, it's good in the world but if you have to keep it a secret and you have to do right. this and you have to you have to you have to yeah meanwhile what about you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to. How about just be, just yeah. be joyful, be happy and- Be, yes. Just be. be. Yeah, what just about be. living in harmony with right, others, right. with yourself? Well, you know? and, and I was going to mention that too. Like the more that we have transactional relationships with other people, the more we start to have that with ourselves. Like I've caught that with myself, you know, like I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, if I do this with myself, then I'm going to give this to myself instead of just being- you know, something like, uh, I'm just going to do this and it's going to suck. And there's no, you know, reward at the end of it other than, you know, my continuing progress. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I absolutely love that. And, um, I loved your book and back to the question about, you know, how do you balance between you taking care of the reader and, and asking stuff of them? I thought you did a great jo job in your book. I thought the whole book was really good. For whatever that's worth. <laughs> well, that's worth a lot. And I appreciate that you're the guy yeah. like me that wants the paperback <laughs> and the uh, the audio. I saw your order come through and I remember signing your book for you. And I'm like, yay, I can't wait to talk to him. So Yes. No, it was a great this, book and I appreciate it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just really committed to um, serving others. And, you know, I have to say that was probably one of the surprising benefits of doing all this remarkable work and creating all of this that started as such an egocentric thing. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I <laughs> want to feel better. I want to take care of me, 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 me. Right. Yeah, right. Oh, but geez. then once I healed me and grew and nurtured myself, then it stopped being about me. And it was like, wow, now my love for others is much more profound. And mm -hmm. Now that I'm like actually whole and complete, I don't have to worry about myself anymore. Like I can do lots of good in the world and I have so much more love for others. And I, you know, and this is the hope that I have. I want other people to master the six habits because then they'll stop thinking about themselves and they too, just like me, will start to think about others and think mm -hmm. about our children and the next generation and future leaders and yeah. the way companies and commerce and government is run. And we cannot think beyond ourselves until we nurture, heal and grow ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think you could have said it any better. I, I really appreciate that. Um, and, and it's true. I think when, when we start with ourselves, I think everything else runs smoother. Governments run smoother. Well, and we start to see people as they really are, right? Just like us, yeah. like we're not any different. You know, we're all yeah, dealing totally. with the baggage is baggage, right? Like, <laughs> like uh, I've always said that, like bag, like your baggage is different than mine, but we have to deal with it with these habits. We have to deal with it these same ways, right? Forgiving ourselves and, th 
and moving on and and being present and and having intention about getting better or about Absolutely. getting with with the right it, thing, it's right? it's totally a lifestyle and mm. you know i said yeah. that it's like it's right on the front page of my website <laughs> and i feel like only until you've actually read the book do you truly understand that it really is a lifestyle yeah and it's yeah. one that we should all really be excited to adopt because it's a lifestyle of I'm always kind to myself. I'm always happy. I'm always yeah. grateful. Yeah. If life punches me in the face, I always get back up. And right. I, you know, I have my feelings and I get to be sad and, and I yeah. get to be human. And I always love myself no matter what I go through. And I always keep going. And yeah. that's the that's the whole thing about lifestyles. It's right. the consistency in the loyalty to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, I, I really appreciate that. No, thank you so much. Well, it, it was, I don't want to keep you here all day, but it was an honor speaking with you. It was an honor having you on the podcast. And um, if there's anything, if you have a 30 second message to leave with people, if you got, if you had that long, what would that message be? And, and what would you tell the people? I know we've kind of talked about it, but no, we have, but summarizing is nice. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm so glad that I could do this with you and I, I really appreciate you having me here and believe me, the honor is mine. Being able to spread the message and talk with like-minded people is really joyful. If anybody wants to learn more and listen to more of my other interviews, you can go to yeah. the six habits.com. The word six is spelled out the S I X habits.com. But the takeaway point that I really want to leave people with is you deserve a better life than the one that your habits have led you to create. You can have a happier life. You can have a happier marriage. You can have a more joyful existence, happier kids. You can be the change you wish to see in the world. It all begins with you. And not only do you deserve it, you're fully capable. And the work, although not always fun, is the most profoundly beneficial, worthwhile work you'll ever do in your life that will pay you dividends until your last breath. Oh, yes. I, I yes. Not to oversell it or anything. No, hundred <laughs> percent. All day. Yes, all day. <laughs> so before we go, how do people find you if they want to order the book, if they want to get involved with the, with the program, with the 90 day mastery program, where do they go? How do they find you? So if they go, if, if anyone goes to the six habits.com, um, mm. you can learn about the book. Um, right now I have something where you can get a free, uh, copy of the paperback, just pay the shipping and handling. Mm -hmm. You can do what Dalton and I love to do and yeah. get the audio book too, which is awesome. Yes. And, uh, the 90 day program is an absolute life changer. That's on there as well. And if you want to learn more about working with me one-on-one -on -one or learn about my TED talk, hell, I'd love to learn about my TED talk yeah. whenever it's going to be rescheduled. <laughs> well, there um, it is, yeah. But we can learn together, but that'll all be on the sixhabits.com. And um, yeah, for those that are really brave, you want to try going to lauradibenedetto.com, have fun spelling it. If you get there, God bless you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I have the sixhabits.com. Nobody can spell it. Yeah, DiBenedetto. I learned how to spell it. <laughs> well, you Great. got the, it's sitting there. Boom. Right across. Yeah, the cover that's right. Of the book, so yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining me and um, I hope you have a great day and, and uh, keep doing the work you're doing because it's really good and, and I really enjoy it. Thank you so much for supporting me and having me as a guest. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. See ya. Bye. Yeah.